Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the City of Champions podcast. My guest today was an absolute sweetheart of a girl, Alyssa Schmidt. Alyssa, along with her friend Stephanie Robinson, founded, co-own, and operate Four Points Health and Wellness. The business operates as a community of health and wellness practitioners that provide an array of treatments, including things like acupuncture, chiropractic, massage therapy, nutrition, personal training, group training classes, as well as neurofeedback, which Alyssa talks about. The idea behind Four Points is simple, yet kind of a novel one. So typically in the past, what's happened is an individual go to their massage therapist or their nutritionist or chiropractor, any one of combination of these practitioners, but they all operate independently of one another and are unknowing of sort of the cumulative issues or treatments that their patients are undergoing. So recognizing that everything in the body is connected, Alyssa realized that so too should treatments all be connected and that providers of the treatment should also communicate with one another. It's one of those ideas that when you hear it, makes you kind of think, why hasn't this been done this way the whole time? It was a real honor meeting Alyssa and having her share all the stories of, of uh, the people that she's helped. So I hope you all enjoy. Take your workouts outside? Yeah. yeah. We're taking our workouts outside starting at the end of the month. The city just comes alive as soon as that spring thaws out of the way. Oh, I know. Like the last couple weeks in Edmonton have just been electric. Oh, even me. I mean, I sat there that last snowfall in April. I was like, uh. <laughs> I actually ended up going. I got on a plane with my mom. We went to Mexico just because we couldn't take any more snow. And then it's like we skipped spring and went straight to summer. Mm-hmm. So everyone's just having a great time. I love it. Yeah, no, it's really good. So, Alyssa, thanks so much for joining me here today. Really appreciate uh, you coming in on this gloomy Wednesday. Speaking of nice weather, this is right? not one of those. How does it go from 23 to 9 degrees in that's, one day? That's what I said. I came out to him. Like, it is chilly. It yeah. is cold. I know. Well, you got to have cooler days. I'm like, no, 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 but I just got... <laughs> into the hot days so I don't want this yet I'm not ready <laughs> too early for it I agree yeah. um, so owner co-founder of Four Points Health and Wellness Center mm-hmm. um, give us a little background on yourself um, so my background is actually in psychology I've been passionate into fitness my whole life I played sports as soon as I could run I was in soccer Yeah. and you know as I kept growing up my parents kept throwing me into more sports so that was what I've always been doing was soccer always that <laughs> bread and butter um like it was the one i started with and then moved into basketball i got really competitive there and then rugby and then i wrecked myself in rugby and i had major <laughs> concussions and damage to my spine so Holy i retired and went to play touch football and then um after i finished my psych degree though i went in and worked in a trauma treatment home for mm-hmm. children mm-hmm. and when i was working with trauma that's kind of where the idea for four points came where mm-hmm. i was looking i'm like man okay, you got these kids, they're getting all the help here, but what about nutrition? What about getting them active? What about, right. you know, all those things and a lot of programs are limiting because of funding right. and stuff. So I always had it in the back of my head of how mm-hmm. I would do things different if I wanted to help people get healthy. Yeah. So Why did you go that route into sort of the psychological trauma and, and help that way? Um, well, because originally pre-med was my, my go-to. I've yeah. always wanted to be in health mm-hmm. and helping people. And then it was just... Curiosity at first. Curiosity kills the cat, right? <laughs> you get in there, and I just got addicted to it. I liked it, and I was working with um, children with autism and special needs um, mm-hmm. when I was in university and high school and stuff like that. It was right. my job. By choice or just by like choice. by placement, random placement? No, it was just my by choice. My mom actually had 
were taking me to one of her conferences that she was helping out with one day and she's mm-hmm. like you, you should come volunteer so I got dragged along good good kid you listen <laughs> yeah, to your mom I was like okay I'm here and then it just kind of started from there I was 14 and I would go out to the conference with my mom and she was working with kids and her friend was running a uh, children's entertainment company mm-hmm. so while the parents were in the conferences I was working with the kids mm-hmm. and then as soon as I was old enough I just I was like, okay, I know them, I know what they're doing, and I just have to come and play all day, sure. And so I started working that way, and then I worked for the Edmonton Autism Services. Mm -hmm. And then it just kind of kept growing from there. When I went into psych, I had no intention of working with kids. Mm -hmm. I I was like, nope. And then because they saw my background, they put me with the child psychology specialist. So that was my mentor. So she's like, okay, well, with your background, let's do a study on autism. Yeah. So all of my research, my thesis was in emotion recognition for mm-hmm. children with autism. And then when I got out again, I said I wasn't going to work with kids or anything. And then I stumbled across um, Stephanie and we knew each other in high school and she's one of the co-owners. Yeah. And she's like, oh you should come work where I do. There's a job opening. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I didn't really want to work with kids, but sure. You know what? All right, I'll do it. Yeah. And then... People it, gravitate to what you're good at. It, exactly. Guess, right? And I kind of just got into... You kind of get addicted to healing and watching people grow and figuring out those puzzles. Mm-hmm. You know, because when you meet people, especially with trauma, they're fragmented and you're trying to put all the pieces back together. Right. And that's something that... I really enjoyed doing and um, helping them figure out their stories and just watching them heal and improve and get better. And you see it just, their whole demeanor changes, right? Everything right. about them changes. So that's what I loved. Um, but I burned out. <laughs> Was it, uh, did you notice a lot of common um, origins of this trauma for kids? Was it a lot of the same story over and over and just slightly different variations? Or um, was it a wide spectrum? No, we have quite a wide spectrum of different traumas. Yeah. So, I mean, it varied, of course, from like physical abuse, neglect, sexual abuse. So yeah. everyone was quite different who came in and all, all of them reacted and responded differently. Right. Um, no case was the same. Mm-hmm. So that was always neat. Isn't it like an overwhelming percentage of kids who were abused end up to go on abusing in the future? Mm-hmm. Have they done studies to show like with interventive interventive <laughs> practices such as what you were doing with them, if that helps stem that activity and or that behavior in the future? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you, you've seen that where, and it all depends on the type of intervention, right? And that's really where I made it different with four points mm-hmm. because we, we do want to be preventative because when you get into it, if you just go into say a group care or something like that, yes, people want to um, help in that sense. And like, oh, well, they're in a group home. They have the support workers. They have this. But right. you actually really got to get to the roots. And then I was lucky enough that the program I dealt with, um, it was intensive treatment, mm-hmm. right? So they met with, you know, we did therapy every day with them. Right. And they used a dyadic developmental psychotherapy approach. So Okay, I'm a little rusty on my terminology, yeah, so, so you have to one, go over that one. It was building the bonds of attachment. So when, you know, you see it in a lot, it drives me nuts in schools with behavior programs. As soon as they start acting out, they throw them in that room, they lock it, it's padded. Oh, Kids can act out. Right. Whereas our program um, that... Tracy Cook had developed. Mm-hmm. She's like, no, we don't have that. There's not even doors on the bedrooms. So right. she's like, if they're acting out, they're struggling, you stay with them in the struggle the whole time. Yeah. So that they know they can trust you, you're gonna be there, they need the support. You don't kick someone while they're down, right? Right. You don't well, put them on their own while they're struggling. And isolation is <laughs> mm-hmm. one of the worst things you can do to human exactly. beings, right? Whether you're well adjusted or not. Exactly. And that's what we that's what she was seeing which is so wrong. And that's what I loved about the program. So then I want to take those ideas a little bit further too. So in ours, you know, 
here you have a whole support around you. Like there's no isolation. Everyone's here. You have support on mm-hmm. all levels. Mm-hmm. And it's just tough. Like kids do need support on all the levels though, yeah. you know. So. so so talk about the inception of, of Four Points and how that came together. So you'd known Stephanie yeah. from before. Well, and then I actually had my own bit of a breakdown while I was working in the treatment home. Okay. So some of my own stuff had come up and I was like, oh man, I need to deal with this. Right. Cause it's always harder to turn that course. flashlight inward. Right. right? And I was, and so I was, um, and I said, I was burning out a little bit. And so... I started seeing, you know, I saw a therapist and then I was doing seeing a physio all the time and I was seeing massage therapists and I was doing yoga and fitness. I was doing everything and I was struggling to get better and I hit a really rock bottom state where even I went through my own depression. It was just awful. And um, what I had noticed, I said, man, I went from so many different practitioners from one place to the other, drove all over the city, went into debt, Mm -hmm. trying to get better. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how much easier would that have been if they had just communicated? Like the people who are working on my physical body communicated with the person who's working with my mind, right. who's working, you know, and worked a little bit more collaboratively and made it easier for me. So there is no like unifying conversation. Like there's not one, and maybe forgive my ignorance on this, but there's not one like central database of like where everyone that's helping you can access and see like, oh, she's had this medication and she went for this physio and she got adjusted at this date. There's nothing like that? No, and then every time you go to see somebody else, you're telling the same story over and over again where you're like, oh man. And as human beings, we're (laughs) apt to make mistakes. Like Mm -hmm. could very well leave something out that might be pertinent, right? Exactly. So that was it. And um, I had heard about neurofeedback while I was still working there. I went on a conference with Steph. And at that point, I already had the idea of four points a bit in my mind of Mm -hmm. what I was doing. It was that nebulous sort of, you're like, I know, I can't can't articulate it (laughs) yet. It was in there and I'm like, wow, this is... So I told her we were were just walking one night because she was looking for a change as well. And I'm like, so I have an idea. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm actually starting a company when I get back. So I founded Four Points, Mm -hmm. started up and it was just me at first. And I said, well, one day, if you're ever ready, you should maybe join me. And Steph's, if you meet Steph, she's very hesitant. So Mm -hmm. she said, oh, that sounds like a good idea. Pause. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'll think about it and maybe one day. And I said, okay, well, I'm starting it when I get back. Right. So That's I came, good. Takes the pressure off her. Yeah. So I came back and I just started the company mm-hmm. and I was just personal training and doing neurofeedback. Right. Where'd you and get the name learning. from? Four points. I have a tattoo on my back and it's a compass. Okay. And so I was sitting, I just had dinner with my parents actually one night and I told them my idea of what I wanted to start. And they said, That's a great idea. And I'm mm-hmm. like, Yeah, now I need a name. So we just sat there and started spitballing ideas across the yeah. table. My dad said, all the points to wellness, all this, you know, we're throwing out stupid names. And then so all of a sudden he's like, four points. <laughs> he's like, four points to wellness, four points, I'm like four points health and wellness. Yeah. And then I was thinking, I said, oh, and I have a compass. So that's going to be the symbol. Yeah. And that's how the name came mm-hmm. about. It was just that, the, the concept, it was an all-encompassing approach, mind, body, soul. Mm-hmm. And then trying to figure it all out. And it just makes just, sense. Too perfect not to yeah. name it that And way. I didn't really have a plan mm-hmm. of how this business was going to go. I just kept stumbling along. And right. So how did you even out. go about starting the business? Like, did you reach out for help? Did you have experience no. from electives in university? <laughs> There's no plan. I quit my job and had no idea what I was going to do. I, like I said, it was personal training. And I bought a bunch of move balls and I started teaching out in the park. Okay. And what was step number one? Did you register a URL or did you just start phoning people? Or? I had friends that I knew yeah. and I just said, hey guys, I'm, I'm a trainer train. now. Yeah, I'm a trainer. I'm teaching out the park. Put it on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. And like, I harassed friends and family. I said, come, come train with me. Come mm-hmm. out to the park. 
But my goal was actually not even to stick around Edmonton at first. I wasn't going to start it here. Interesting. Yeah, I was going to do my yoga teacher training because I had it already pl- planned in Bali. And then I had family in Australia mm-hmm. and I had a neurofeedback practitioner I wanted to mentor with. So I'm like, okay, I'll teach in the summer here under Four Points Health and Wellness. Then I'm going to go travel the world for a year, <laughs> do yoga, teach yoga, learn neurofeedback. And then I'm going to come back and move to BC. Yeah. And then that didn't happen because no, none everyone, of that happened. none of that happened because everyone that I met while teaching outside, they're like, hey, well, what are you doing for the fall? Right. And I was like, mm, sorry, guys, I think I'm, I'm pretty, I'm planning to leave. And right. And like, they're like, no, no, we need you, yeah, you now. you can't do that. And I was like, okay, so it got cool. And I was trying to look for space just to rent out for the hour when I wanted to teach classes. And then it was so expensive and you wouldn't get any prime time. So I was like, yeah. Oh. So I started looking for a space mm-hmm. and then I came across it and I told, and then I called Steph and I said, Hey, are you ready about to join Four Points Health yet? Because <laughs> Thought about it enough yet. it's been a year, mm-hmm. you know, it's been a year since I, I talked to you about it. And so I, we started looking for space and I dragged her along and I'm like, check out this space. Mm-hmm. And this place that we have now, when we first walked into it, it was disgusting. It looked like something from Chainsaw Massacre movie. Like uh, you go in, but if you have the vision, I came down mm-hmm. the stairs and we had one other girl with us and she's like, I'm out. Peace. Really? Just and in there. she was done. She's like, nope, not for me. I'm not on I went down and Steph homes. and I were looking. I'm like, this place is perfect. <laughs> and, you know, I looked. I said, this is the studio. Yeah. It's a big space. Mm-hmm. Another separate space. That can be the change room. We turned into personal training space. But, and then there was another spot for offices separate. Mm-hmm. And so they were, it was just the perfect layout. And yeah. Steph and I looked at each other and we went, eh, throw up some walls, some paint, yeah. some floors. We're good to go then you actually learn what real renovations are all about and it's yeah. a lot harder than you think. I bet. <laughs> yeah, so that's, and that's how it started. We, then it was Steph and I, we still had no idea what we were doing. So that's why when people ask, well, how long has the business been? And I go, well, you know, the first first year doesn't count. Yeah. Because we just basically sat here, we focused a lot on the fitness stuff because we knew people know what that is. Mm-hmm. Whereas neurofeedback, they didn't. So. Right, and the fitness is kind of the last mm-hmm. four years have been a serious upward trend. Yeah, right? and it was just us at first and we knew that we wanted to get practitioners in eventually, but mm-hmm. we had no idea how to do that. Right. So we started going to expos and stuff like that, just getting ourselves out there and connecting and meeting with people in the city. Yeah. And then that's when we met Brett, yeah. the chiropractor and I, didn't even know I went to his office and said, hey, we should collaborate and partner because you are really close by. And I said, do you know any practitioners looking for space? I want a massage therapist. And he's yeah. like, well, I'm looking if you have it. Yeah. So then that's how Brett joined. And it's just been, mm. you know, adding people from there. Our nutrition right. consultant, I put something out on Facebook and mm-hmm. she and I knew each other since high school. And she's like, oh, I just became a nutrition consultant, so take me. Take me. And so it just <laughs> another people, good fit. Everyone's kind of been stumbling in into the doors, and they just come in at the right time. So the services you have right now: acupuncture, chiropractic, massage therapy, nutrition, neurofeedback, personal training. Now, the one I didn't know, and and I'm going to estimate that most people don't know, is the neurofeedback because you mentioned yeah. it a few times. So can you walk us through what that entails? Yeah. I try and simplify it as much as possible, but that's good. Basically, <laughs> so it's a form of biofeedback, mm-hmm. and so you basically we take an EEG and we attach the sensors to your scalp. Mm-hmm. Then you play a game, and one of them I always like to use the example of Pac-Man. So you're playing Pac-Man, and when you have symptoms, say you are anxious, mm-hmm. so the brain's going too fast. We ask the brain to slow down. So when the brain is going too fast or too slow, mm-hmm. Pac-Man won't work. Oh. So then as soon as your brain is in that nice, calm state that we want it to be in, Pac-Man yeah. goes. 
So it's reinforcing the brain to keep doing that. And I always say it's we're creatures of habit and we like reward. Yeah. So when you keep getting rewarded, the brain, because of neuroplasticity, starts to rewire itself. Yeah. And it starts doing more of that rather than the anxious brain waves. Right. So how, how do you bring the, the brain activity down or up? It does it on its own. Okay. So we're literally not putting anything into the brain. I always say, so when you first get your puppy and you're training it to go outside, yeah. the first time you put it outside to go to the washroom, it has no idea what it did. It's just like we're in it's a like, different why, room like, why now. do I do this? Yeah. And then as soon as it goes to the washroom outside and you give it a treat, mm-hmm. you do that five or six times and it goes, oh, okay. I'm supposed to do this. Yeah. Same thing with the brain. We keep giving it that treat every oh, single okay. time it slows itself down. Interesting. And then it naturally learns to adjust and regulate itself. Mm-hmm. So it's starting to learn that it's not getting rewarded for those fast brain waves or too slow brain waves yeah. it's getting rewarded for the calm brain waves yeah and so and the reward is playing pac-man exactly ah, so the pac-man game. it's so frustrating sometimes though when you're playing it with neurofeedback mm-hmm. you think bicep curls are hard work <laughs> your brain it is so hard Steph. we always leave her office and people are like i'm exhausted she worked my brain so hard yeah. but it is so you're playing the game and it'll just sit there doing nothing mm-hmm. For a couple of seconds. Does and your then, character sit there while the ghosts come closer to get? Oh, to, and to you're kill watching, you? and you're, you're sit there, and I'll be like, "Oh my gosh, move!" Yeah. And then I'm getting more anxious, so mm-hmm. it's not working at all, and I get mad at it, yeah. and it doesn't work. So you have to learn to calm. So, are there? Do you teach breathing, or do you um, encourage like breathing techniques yeah. to kind of slow everything down? Yes. And so before Steph even hooks up um, the neurofeedback part of things, mm-hmm. she has them do heart rate variability training, mm-hmm. which is another form of biofeedback. So yeah. we put a sensor on your fingertip, and it measures your pulse. Mm-hmm. And we basically want to get a nice smooth rhythm be- between your breath and your pulse, mm-hmm. your heart rate, right. right? So when people are stressed, you see on the screen, you actually look at the waves of breathing and your heart rate, and it's very jagged. Mm-hmm. Whereas once you start to smooth out your breath, your heart rate comes down and it calms. You get a nice sinusoidal or smooth curved pattern. Right. So it's not so jagged. It doesn't look like the Rocky Mountains. Yeah. So you <laughs> want to line up your breath and your heart rate. Is that what exactly. you Exactly. So basically you're taking an in-breath and an out-breath for every beat? You play, She's playing. It's another screen game. Yeah. So you're watching, say, a mandala or something like that, and you're doing nice long inhales and exhales, mm-hmm. and you're... You can't time it with your heartbeat, but it starts to even itself out. And it's just like a deep diaphragmatic breath that you'd use in yoga. Okay. So in yoga, we encourage that breathing, right? Mm -hmm. And it's doing the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. And it's also making changes in your brain at the same time to calm it down. Okay. So all the techniques that we use, the breathing techniques, the heart rate variability, and the neurofeedback Mm -hmm. create changes in the brain. Okay. So they build and, off. And for all those changes that are positive, you reward those. And then it just, it almost just starts mm-hmm. sealing in that beha- yeah. that behavior that you can't control. Exactly. Because same with the heart rate variability. They're playing, if they're playing um, or they're looking at a mandala and it's mm-hmm. going in and out. What's a mandala? It's like a geometric pattern. Okay. okay. And it's just something, it's a circle that helps them pace their breathing. Okay. And you can make it harder, easier. Mm-hmm. And they're getting a red tone, a blue tone, or a green tone, and it shows it. Mm -hmm. And the red, you don't want to breathe like that. The computer's saying, calm down. The blue, it's like, "Eh, improvement. Mm -hmm. And the green is solid. It's like, good good job. So the the clients are seeing that as well. It's showing as it goes around the mandala, they get a little square of color. And it goes like, ding, and it gives a color. And you look, and you're like, ah. And then the tone changes. A low one, it's like, boom. Then you know, okay, I got to improve. Okay. So it's giving the feedback that way for them to adjust and change their breathing. So once they finish that, 
then they start a session of neurofeedback. Okay. So she uses two different types of biofeedback in each session, heart rate variability training, which on its own is scientifically shown to make those changes in the brain and body. Mm-hmm. And then she reinforces it again, doing the uh, more direct brain training, I guess you right, could call it. Right, with the EKG. ECG. ECG. EEG. Jeez. Right. <laughs> now you're throwing me off. Something E, something G. EEG. So what's the uh, the neurofeedback? What's the, re- like, what are the... What's the efficacy been on this? So far, we actually haven't had any clients who haven't walked away better. Right. Which is, I was just talking with my dad last night about that because he was wondering. He said, well, how's that been going? Yeah. Have you and hooked that your parents up to it yet? I haven't. Oh. I need to. Mom and dad, I get on I should tell that. them I'm going to shock their brains, but it's impossible. <laughs> um, so that's been the neat thing because I was just checking with Steph uh, the other day and I said, you know, it's been really cool seeing all the clients, because you know, I check in, hey, how is so-and-so doing? Right. Is he sleeping now? And she'd go, yep. And I'm like, what about those migraines from this ac- car accident, the MVA patient we have? Yep, gone. And I said, man, we have not had one client walk out these doors without success. Right. And that's the really cool thing to watch is, you know, people come to us and they go, this is a last resort. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else I'm gonna do. Like, I've been living with this for months or years or whichever it is. We also have a client with MS who comes for just every week just to manage her symptoms. Mm-hmm. So sleep pain right. you can't cure ms but you can work with the symptoms right right and are you are for the neuro uh, um, neurofeedback is it uh, is that the only treatment that there these specific cases have been receiving or have they been receiving all your other um applications as well it it varies depending on clients mm-hmm. steph has had a lot more clients who only come in for neurofeedback right but I guess some, my question basically I'm asking is like, have you been able to narrow it down to the neurofeedback? Yeah. Yeah. For okay. a lot of them, even, you know, for some where they just come in, they just see stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, now the program clients that we have, then we have them in, it's a multidisciplinary approach. So they're mm-hmm. in more than one service, but all the clients that have come in, you know, just for sleep or just for concussions, it's mm-hmm. been all neurofeedback. That's remarkable. It must just be so heartbreaking when they come in and they're desperate. They're like literally yeah. have tried everything else. Yeah. And it's so hard to, you know, watch people because they're like, well, and I'm on all these meds. And that's the part, when, especially when we have parents coming with their kids. alarm bells, ding, ding, yeah. Yeah, and they go, well, we don't want to put him on meds. He has ADHD. What mm-hmm. do we do? And we go, well, we're just going to train the brain and let's resolve Let that. Let him run outside for a bit too <laughs> right? while you're at it, yeah. right? Like, Get him act. And so it's really neat when parents go, we're just so glad we didn't have to put them on meds or they right. got to go off the meds because the one client we had, um, the meds that she was taking due to her head injury, mm-hmm. uh, her mom said it was changing her. She mm-hmm. didn't like it. And she goes, well, I'm so glad to have my daughter back and off the meds. Right. So, And we don't know what the long-term effects of those meds are too, right? Like you see an mm-hmm. overwhelming majority of, let's just use like the mass shooters in the States, overwhelming majority of them are on some type of psychoactive mm-hmm. um, psychiatric medication. Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's just like, that's terrifying to think like, is it the cause? Is it correlated? Mm-hmm. You know, like well, what's going on there? But, but yeah. it just doesn't seem like a great long-term fix in it if you haven't tried everything else. And that's our approach. We always say, you know, drugs are band-aids. Yeah. It's a band-aid approach. It's great for some acute cases where you're like, okay, you need this right now, mm-hmm. but then let's get to the root and fix the root problem. Right. Because it just, you get too many people that want the easy way out mm-hmm. and I mean, there's so many drugs are prescribed so easily. Right. And that's the part that we go, okay, we want the most non-invasive natural approaches that we can use because I always say in my yoga classes when I'm teaching, I said, your body's intelligent. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
we've been around for how many years without all of this? Right, exactly. And, you we know, survived and evolved to <laughs> yeah. not need any of that stuff, And right? so I look at it and go, give your tool, your body the tools necessary, and it will figure it out. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's neat to watch the neurofeedback, because you're showing the brain what to do, and it corrects the problem. People who are coming in with anxiety, they leave without anxiety. That's because wild. the brain has corrected itself yeah. because the body is intelligent. And your tools, they're all within. It's mm-hmm. just teaching your body how to use it, mm-hmm. right? And the patience to to practice it too, mm-hmm. right? Well, the one thing that concerns me is how often, like these, whoever the medical marijuana doctors are, are prescribing medical marijuana for people with insomnia, and they th- and people, and I'm sure it does help them fall asleep. But what's troubling is most people don't realize that when you use THC, it prevents you from going into that deep sleep, and it prevents your body from recovering fully. So though you might have a great sleep because you're zonked out, you're really not recovering to the full effect of a natural sleep. Getting into like natural REM sleep. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a lot with all the a lot of drugs, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what I always hear with people too. It drives me, drives me bonkers. Do you hear that too? Oh well, I'm just gonna take this to sleep. I'm gonna yeah. take this, but then yeah. you mess or like up. a nightcap, like yeah. a couple glass of whiskey to go to bed. Not realizing, yeah. yeah, it knocks you out, but you're passed out. You're not sleeping yeah. naturally, and then you throw off the natural rhythms in your body mm-hmm. to sleep. So then you become more reliant on it because now you're not sleeping without it because mm-hmm. your body's become so used to it, and that's you know where addictions and start stuff starts because you start to get that physical dependence. Yeah, and it's just it, it happens so easy that. You know, it could be simple. Oh, I'm just taking a sleep aid to help me out right now. And you start with that. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, I need two. Ah, I'm going to mix this. And then it, it goes <laughs> and you go down a slippery slope. And right. sometimes it's hard to get back out. So Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the lifestyle initiative. Because yeah. this is really what drew me to uh, you in Four Points in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't, in your own words, kind of go over what that is, how it started. Well, the lifestyle initiative kind of as I said, epitomizes what Four Points wanted to do. Mm-hmm. It's taking four people and we're working on their mind, body, soul to create a healthy lifestyle. Those are the four points mm-hmm. um, of Four Points Health and Wellness. Yeah. So we basically took four people that submitted applications or were their friends, you know, submitted one for them. Mm-hmm. And we took four. How many did that, you have apply? Uh, we had close to, I think, about 50 or more applied. Wow. Yeah. Was, and without naming names, like what was the hardest case to not take? Oh, there was one we had. Well, there's one actually she's in an alternate program with us now. Okay. So everyone who didn't get into a program, we into our lifestyle initiative program for free. We knew that, you know, a lot of the things. So with the lifestyle initiative, we said, okay, how are we going to select the four people? Because it's going to be hard. And as soon as applications came in, I went, oh my gosh, you guys, like I want them all. Right. Yeah. How exactly. are we going to do it? What was the criteria um, for? So one, it had to be that without us, they couldn't financially do it. Okay. And the second, it was, you know, we really looked at are the ones that didn't have the community the support, and if we didn't help them, we were worried of what are they going to do with themselves. Right. Um, will they ever get healthier, and will they ever get bounced back, really? Mm-hmm. So that was kind of how we narrowed it down, was who needs it the most, and who obviously can't financially do it unless we're here and step up for them. Mm-hmm. And that's how we picked it out. And we really did have to narrow it down. We sat as a team and we got it down to even eight and we we're like, okay, okay, how are we going to do this? And like then you financially, have to try and, can we do eight? You're like, and that's where, you know, eight. you go, okay, well, this person has benefits mm-hmm. and this person can do this. And then we subsidized the program. So people who had benefits and everything, we said, okay, are you, we had to do the callbacks too. Oh, they were the hardest parts. So we narrowed it down to our four. 
And everyone who didn't get in, we called back and offered them an alternative subsidized program. Right. We said, we still want to help you, um, but, you know, we're sorry you didn't make it into that four. But Mm -hmm. you have your benefits. What would be your budget? And then we created a program for them. Mm -hmm. And then the best part was calling the Lifestyle Initiative clients. Oh, I bet. Yeah. The four of them. Yeah. They must have just lost their mind. Oh, it was was great. So we have Astrid, Shelly, Patrick, and Tyler. Mm -hmm. And Patrick was actually one of the reasons the Lifestyle Initiative started. Randy was training him prior mm-hmm. to it, and he want, he said, oh man, Patrick could benefit from yoga and neurofeedback. And and he just, he was listening and he said, he needs it all, but he can't afford it. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he's on welfare and he doesn't, he has no money. Mm-hmm. And he said, so I have an idea. <laughs> and I even told him, I said, Randy, that's what I've been trying to figure out how to do it. Right. I just, and he, he put the spark in my mind of how to actually get these four points programs right. going. So sort of like a prove it mentality. It's right. Well, let's take four people and like, let's, you know, let's give them the opportunity of a lifetime and show everyone else how, how effective this all encompassing treatment can be. Exactly. And why we are offering them all and why that approach works right. as opposed to, you know, I'm just going to go on this diet mm-hmm. and work out a bit. Well, no, right. <laughs> you know, you see a lot of people with that. So, yeah, it was really tough narrowing it down to our four people, mm-hmm. but we did, and they're just at their halfway point now. Okay. Mm-hmm. What's gone as expected so far? The ups and downs. <laughs> we did know it's been an adventure for everyone. The practitioners have had their ups and downs as well, and going into it, we said, you know, this is going to be exhausting. We are when I even when we got them in, I said, okay, guys, welcome to your home for the next six months. Right. And, you know, I said there's going to be frustrations on both sides. They're going to have their ups and downs. We're going to have our frustrations and be like, but come on, you can be doing Mm -hmm. this, you know, or, you know, maybe some things aren't going the way that we want them to. So the practitioners are getting frustrated or, you know, things like that. So the ups and downs definitely have gone the way it's expected, but also the biggest part have been the successes. And I think some of them have gone beyond expectations already. Mm -hmm. And we're only at that halfway point. So... I don't even know what the six month point's gonna look like because we already, you know, there's somewhere we go, holy cow, I can't even believe all the changes that we've already seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might not be the whole physical, but you see it in demeanor and the way they are and how mm-hmm. happy they are. So, yeah. what really strikes me is how you're bringing in the human element of it. Like going to any individual health practitioner, you know, you do your appointment once, twice, maybe three times a week, but then they're gone, they're out of your life. But yeah. when they're continually coming back to your facility and seeing other members of the team, it really mm-hmm. becomes like a community environment. And yeah. it's no longer just like, well, here's my hour session, I did what I have to do, and now you're out the door and I'm on to the next guy. It's yeah. like, you can't just forget about that guy because he's gonna be here again tomorrow. Well, or- and, but you know what, that's when I started Four Points, in my mind, I even, told that when anybody came in to apply or be a practitioner, I said, I don't want us to be like any other practitioner or trainer or gym in Edmonton. I'm like, I don't want that. I said, Mm -hmm. I want our community to be different. I want people to come in and feel like this is another home. I Mm -hmm. want them to come in and they don't feel judged. They are relaxed. They know everyone. I said, it's just a family. And really with the lifestyle initiative they've just fit in as a family now we actually had a barbecue all together on the that's weekend. amazing do they do so, all their treatment together or no they're they do some together so they do a yoga class once a week okay but like together. their massage therapy and their chiropractic and the neuro it's all separate yeah. and then they each have a personal trainer assigned to them okay and they get their own one-on-one except the girls and the guys because we have two girls two guys mm-hmm. we kind of do uh some power workouts where 
they train together okay. and those have been really fun just because you know they encourage each other and motivate each other right, a little competition yeah they're like this never is gas. like let's do this <laughs> together and you know like i get them to take some bags and just hit them with each other and release some energy and mm-hmm. just go at it and yeah. so it's it's fun that's amazing so what um how does the psychological health of someone shift in line when you improve their physical health mm-hmm. what are the big changes you notice one i mean they start you've released the feel good hormones right you're releasing those endorphins into the body when mm-hmm. you're moving uh, you're also getting that reward so dopamine's increasing you know all of those are increasing so the mood level overall increases you see a lot of confidence yeah first you see them come in and they're like uh, uh, people are going to watch me are they going to yeah. judge me is this and then you see them start to walk in and they're just proud and confident so you mm-hmm. see a huge shift in your mood and psychological state then and just feeling better about themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, when you sit there and you can lift up, I mean, some of our participants now are lifting over 200 pounds on mm-hmm. a deadlift and they do that, they're like, holy crap, I'm amazing, yeah. <laughs> you know? So you can walk away and you're like, yeah, I did that, no big deal. Yeah. And so you're starting to see that big psychological shift and you know, because they're moving their bodies in a healthy way, they're not overdoing it and it's successful. Right. The more that you feel success, I said earlier, we're creatures of habit and we love reward. If mm-hmm. you're being rewarded when you work out, then that's great. Because if you keep going, a lot of people, you know, the new year, new you, <laughs> and they yeah. start a new program and they go to the gym every day and they kill themselves and they with something they don't enjoy or they're just mm-hmm. going hard because they think that's what they should do and then it doesn't last. Right. So we try and find it, make it enjoyable for them. They're doing it with a the community. They're doing it with people mm-hmm. that are now their friends. So now they're getting reward. Right. And you start small so that they can make those small goals and get that reward right away. And then in the long term, they're going to achieve mm-hmm. those bigger goals. So the the whole idea of competency and and getting better and like controlling at least one additional domain of your life must just have far-reaching effects in everything else, mm-hmm. right? Like you can imagine like a lot of these people, I've read all their testimonials and you know, it just talks about like, I was at an all-time low. I had like everything in my life was bad. And I just like see how you guys attack so many parts of the life, but even just improving one of like physical fitness yeah. could just make you so much stronger as a person in terms of attacking other aspects of your life as well. Oh, exactly. And that's, I think that's where all of them are seeing because they they hit it too. They were all they came in. Of course, they're like, oh, I'm going to start this. I'm excited, and then a month and they're like, this is hard. Yeah. And you go, well, yeah. Well, we told you it was going Life's to be hard, man. <laughs> yeah. And exactly right. And even some of them, you know, they never would have done yoga unless we got them to do it. Right. So now they're exploring different things that they wouldn't have otherwise explored. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Just the fact that they're doing all the fitness, the training neuro Cairo, it changes everything and it's not a place they get massages yeah you know? hey, that, that's not bad so that's the so easy part right it's the easy well sometimes i don't know it's not always enjoyable that's true i've heard that what is it the deep active release or yeah something? it's really it hurts you know yeah it i hurts. don't i don't i don't do that mm-hmm. um but and another common theme i saw amongst them all was self-love and that was all yeah. increasing for all of them like what what's the importance there i think a lot of people especially even when you know you're dealing with say trauma or you know, you've had things taken away. The biggest thing I always say when people are like, oh, we need to improve. We talked earlier about happiness. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, the key to most of that is self-love. Mm-hmm. And when you don't feel a purpose in life and you don't know what you're doing, you've lost your job, you've lost your family, you've lost loved ones, 
And you're like, okay, well, I'm a piece of crap. <laughs> you know, you're just like, there's no self-love there. And that yeah. goes away because you feel worthless. Yeah. And, you know, you can you keep comparing to, you know, what life used to be. Mm-hmm. And then when that's all gone and you have to adapt to a new type of life, mm-hmm. that can be really hard. Or even worse, if you've never had a good life. Yeah. And you don't know anything yeah. better. You're like, why would it ever, mm-hmm. at least if you had it good and it got bad, you're like, well, I know what good is like. Yeah. And I could probably get back there. Yeah. And but some like, people haven't. Some, it's just hopeless for no. some people. And if you aren't shown love you know like the kids i used to work with some of them just were never shown proper love right so how are they supposed to know how to love themselves right and have that self-love or that worth the sense of worth what are the what are the important components of that like being shown love like because it it can't just be affection right like no it's all it's the security i mean we learn from a young age attachment starts in when you're in the belly Mm -hmm. you know it starts right there and it can be you know your mom's mood her energy and all of that how is she talking how is you know because mm-hmm. if you have someone who's even in an abusive relationship they've done studies where you know pregnant women in abusive relationships being yelled at all the time right that that's triggers affecting. more stress reaction yeah. from the, the kid mm-hmm. right? and it's affecting them so then you know it's neuroticism now, right one of the big five personalities yeah. it's neuroticism yeah and yeah. now now you're born and you're in an environment you know you want to have that security mm-hmm. so one big thing of that is what to expect mm-hmm. So, you know, when you have kids, they can say, you know, if there's no boundaries, nothing, they can run around and do whatever. You know, I always say, well, you want to teach them. Yeah. Teach them boundaries. Teach them. So love comes in so many ways. Even when I say disciplining your child is yeah. loving your child. Putting in boundaries, people, even with yourself, as we get older, we feel like boundaries saying no mm-hmm. is wrong. And I said, boundaries is love. Right. <laughs> because we're showing love for ourselves and love for that person by yeah. actually being okay with giving them boundaries. Yeah. And so when you're dealing with, you know, lo- learn that loving a child or loving yourself, it comes from, you're right, more than just affection. It's having that security. It's having right. that predictability. It's having the secure environment and validation. Right. A big one, you know, if you're upset <laughs> and they go, eh, okay, well, you know, move along, keep going. <laughs> Well, you're not you don't, showing understanding in that. No, sense, and right? so you want to teach empathy, understanding, mm-hmm. and validation because otherwise the, you're lost. Mm-hmm. You have no idea what to be doing, um, what to do with yourself. Yeah, you know. Well, I think the greatest love that you can show to a child too is is teaching them the life lessons that are going to cause them to be a good person down the line, mm-hmm. right? It's not your job to make them love you. It's your job to make sure other people don't hate them. <laughs> <laughs> that too. You don't want to get beat up. No. Yeah, exactly. Like, be some, like you want to cool make them, no. you want to make them how other people like them because mm-hmm. that's only going to act yeah. positively for them in the well, future. And that, and that's the comes down to values too, yeah. right? Teaching respect, you know, mm-hmm. you, I've seen some parents where their kids are, you know, Hellions. Yeah, and they just go and the kid and be like, shut up to their parents. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Like, Where's the discipline, anybody, right? Is anybody going to say anybody gonna say that? I mean, no, you're not allowed to beat your kid, mm-hmm. but you can, you're allowed to teach respect and boundaries. Right. And, you know, that's all part of love. Mm-hmm. Because you think about our partnerships now when we're older, communication, um, you know, having that respect for each other, loyalty, commitment, mm-hmm. all of that is part of love. Yeah. Um, if, if those things aren't there, then it's not going to have that deep, loving relationship. So the same applies to when we're growing up, when we're kids, we need to have all of that there mm-hmm. for us as well. I, th- I find one of the most under um, undervalued one of those is... is um, accountability and just yes. be always always being there like reliability rather mm-hmm. like 
I think of like the, the strongest relationships in my life and it's always undoubtedly the people that are the most reliable. You just know that they're there for you when they're going to be somewhere. They're, they're Say they're going to be there somewhere, they're there, right? Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot of these people that haven't been raised in the most stable environments, that's probably massive too because they're so used to not expecting that, mm-hmm. right? And that's that consistency too yeah. with the parenting, right? To teach them reliability because... How do you know what that is if you can't even rely on your parents who are supposed to be your role models? Yeah, so that, they have to teach you that, you know what, all of this can happen and I will be there. And the kids need to have that security <coughs> that, you know what, no matter what, they will be there. But if they don't have that, mm-hmm. like, ah, well, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and they're, they're left in that limbo land and they don't have that stability. Yeah. So. so the ups and downs is what's gone as expected. Mm-hmm. What surprised you so far halfway through, uh, through the initiative? Um, right now, the biggest surpriser to me is Patrick, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, coming in just because coming into the lifestyle initiative, when Randy talked to us about having Patrick in the program, we, there was some hesitancy. We mm-hmm. were like, Oh, I don't know. Um, he does have, um, a past of, you know, addictions and stuff like that. And so we were like, well, are you sure? Because he hasn't been showing up for his personal training. Like, will he show up for this program? Can he commit to this program? Right. And so that's been one of the most surprising because, um, I mean, I always liked him. I was like, he's got a great personality, but will he commit? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And now I'm watching him when he comes in and, you know, he's had some crappy cards dealt with to him since he was born. He's mm-hmm. had a heart problem since he was born. So going through his whole life, you know, he couldn't go outside and run around like all the other kids because his heart could explode. Right. Um, you know, that's dramatic. But it literally did when he was, I think, around 18. Holy shit. Uh, something like I might be wrong a on his ages, but attack? he was younger. Yeah. Um, so he actually has now a heart. He had heart recon, um, reconstructive surgery. So when you sit beside him and it's quiet, you can hear it ticking. <laughs> um, <laughs> that must be creepy for yeah. a lot of <laughs> Well, when we first heard it, Steph was sitting in her office. She's like, I don't have a clock in here. What is that? Um, so, yeah, it's you know, that led man. to him obviously feeling more depressed, yeah. things like that, because he's watching all his friends play sports and everything, and yeah. he can't mm-hmm. because of his heart. And then he had his, I mean, before he was even 25, he's having an open heart surgery. And then after that, well, now you're on all the heart medications Mm -hmm. and you still can't do anything because now you've had heart surgery. So Mm -hmm. now it's even worse. Mm -hmm. And so he was told, you know, like, you're not gonna be able to do this or this or this and make sure I'll watch about this. And so he met Randy and he had, he was in a really low um, state at the time. He'd his mom was worried about him, and they finally were like, okay, let's just walk in here. And the yeah. first guy that he met was Randy, who's just the biggest-hearted guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's this huge, bearded guy, but he's the best. <laughs> so you <laughs> come in, and yeah, he's the big, friendly giant. Um, so we met him, and they started training. And all of a sudden, he was kind of like, well, all right, it's all right. Um, but back then, I mean, you know, his depression was so bad, he, he even said, he's like, I didn't know if I was going to be around after right. Christmas. He had no idea. He didn't want to be. Um you know, so as soon as we started this program with him, he started growing and you saw, you know, he was really slumped forward when he'd come in and you could see it. And now he's, he holds himself differently. He walks into the room and he's bright and yeah. he's just a completely different person. And I got him into yoga, which at first he was like, yoga, I don't really know. Yeah. And now he loves it. And, you know, it was just last month that he came up and we were all commenting like, man, Patrick is just surprising like yeah. that has been the biggest one and then he came up last month and he said i think i don't know if this is a dumb idea but i want to 
I want to help people the way you guys have been helping me. And he's like, I want to be a yoga teacher because wow. he said yoga's changed my life and I never even would have known about it. And I was like, that is the best idea. Mm-hmm. And he's like, huh. He's like, I thought you were going to think it was a stupid idea. I'm like, absolutely not. And so even him, he's like, this is the first time in life I've had a goal. I've had a purpose. I've ever had anything that I'm striving for. So now mm-hmm. we're seeing... You know, he holds himself differently. We've been working to try and get him a job mm-hmm. um, because of his past history and some of the choices. Um, he has a lot of dental concerns. Like yeah. his teeth are basically rotting. And so he's in a lot of pain from that. But he, you know, it's hard because people judge him and they're yeah, like, oh, well, he looks like an addict or he looks yeah. like this and he's, but he's not, mm-hmm. you know, so it sucks to be trying to get him a job. And he goes, well, I want to get a job. I want to have this because now I have goals. Right. And so he's just, turning his entire life around and he's going to Bali in November. It's his goal. We're saving for it. So, you know, we've been putting some funding. We got him into, um, there's one supplement that we carry in our place and we got him working on selling that Mm -hmm. because we're just like, well, nobody sees your face. (laughs) They can't judge you. (laughs) You're going to be good. And so we've just been trying every way that we can to support him and help him make some money to get to Bali. Mm -hmm. And so that's his goal. November 1st, he will be in Bali. That is, it's going to happen. And he's going to go through his yoga teacher training, not just to be a teacher, but he wants to go through that experience. He he talked to me about it and I said, oh, it's one of the hardest things you'll do in your life, but it's the best thing you'll do. Because I mean, everyone thinks it's a holiday. You're like, oh, Bali, sweet. Mm. You're doing yoga teacher training. You're like, yeah, you're going to get your soul ripped out, <laughs> thrown back at you. Like, you know, you go through Jeez. some times and you can't escape it because you're there for 30 days or however long. And yeah. every day you wake up and they're still there. Right. So you have to sit in, sit in your crap mm-hmm. and you need to deal with it. And so that's one thing he wants to do. Um, is he said, you know, I do have some things I need to deal with and mm-hmm. I want to, yeah. and I'm ready to. He said, I'm finally ready to take on all of that. So I think out of everything, he's been my biggest surprise. I knew everyone in this program would do well, mm-hmm. that obviously they would make changes, but he blew me away right. last month when he started going on that um, on that path. And absolutely everyone's been doing phenomenal, but I think that's been the biggest the biggest surprise yeah. for most of us because we did have the uh, the doubts at the beginning or right. you know questions at the beginning. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, he's sort of the perfect candidate to prove like how much of a change in your life you can make going from you know so far back, so far low, mm-hmm. say, and and really exceeding all expectations in that sense is pretty remarkable. Um, and I think he high risk, obviously, for you guys, but high reward as well. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool that you took in someone like that. What was the deciding factor? Because obviously there were some hesitations, but was there one person? Was it you or Randy that were like, no, no, I'm, 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 I'm um, vetoing your guys' veto and we're putting them in the program? It was honestly just the team trusting Randy. Yeah. That was it. He, we asked him straight up, do you think he will commit? Can mm-hmm. he do this program? He said, yes. We said, okay. Wow. We trust you. So we just you said, Kate. So there was no voting on him. We knew that Randy wanted him. We wanted him in. And we clarified it with him. Mm-hmm. And we trust Randy. And we said, okay. Like, mm-hmm. we trust your judgment. You know we can do it. And we're just going to roll with it. And we didn't know his history. We didn't know his story yet. Yeah. And that's, you know, where you look at it and you go, okay, but there's something there. Mm-hmm. And so I'm glad we did it. <laughs> you know, I'm definitely... Because even, you know, now that he's talked about his story openly and mm-hmm. everything where who knows if he'd be around right. if we hadn't stepped up. Because at that point, he even said, he's like, you know, 
now he goes, I don't even think about killing myself. <laughs> you oh, know? My. and he probably but says it so casually, but to you guys, you're like, Jesus. Like, not too casual. It was really hard for him. I think out of everyone, he had the hardest time talking about his story. Yeah. Um, because, uh, I mean, depression, there's such a stigma against it, mm-hmm. right? And it's so hard to talk about, but when you have people that really understand it, mm-hmm. you go, no, I get it. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. like I said, when I hit my rock bottom too, not an easy place to be. Yeah. You sit there and it's just something that you can't get out of. It's like a darkness that is just holding you down and you feel helpless. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, what's the easiest way out? And you know, the mind starts to wander there. So the fact that he was there and I know his mom was really worried. And so I think that's the biggest reward right now is you know you have somebody that literally might not be here mm-hmm. if you hadn't stepped in. So, so that only galvanizes your mission, I'm sure, right? You just like... You look at it, you're like, well, the proof's in the pudding here, and, and now we've mm-hmm. got to we've got to grow, and we've got to spread the you know spread this uh, kind of treatment as well. So, in in all the services you offer, do you guys have counseling in there as well, or is it just sort of the expertise of, of the different practitioners that are working there that you sort of as a team sort of guide and mentor and mm-hmm. counsel these people? So we don't have a psychologist yet. Okay, oh, in the works. <laughs> that is something we are looking to add into our team. Yeah. Um, just for people, one, benefits actually covers that Yeah. for some of it. And having somebody who can fit the team with the right attitude, um, you know, who's young and ambitious in that sense. Mm-hmm. But we do have, every person has a coach in the program. So that coach keeps you accountable. They're there for the ups, the downs. If okay. you're having a bad day, let's grab a coffee. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, so everybody there's has a coach. And that's kind of how we go about the counseling, I guess right. you can call it. And even the alternative clients, they have coaches and we mm-hmm. do a check-in or, you know, some of them send me mine. They send me their food journals and stuff. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, and how's this going? Okay, right. we worked on that. And then you see them in class and everything all the time, right? So you go, okay, yeah. how's that? How's your day going? Right. Um, Shelly has a lot going on with her family. So, um, you know, we're always trying to support with that because it just does not seem to get better for them. Yeah. They're trying and they just get the worst cards dealt to them. And they're dealing with a lot of health issues with their kids. Mm-hmm. And financially, it's just taking over them, and it's something they can't control. Yeah. So. Well, just even having you guys as an outlet to talk to, I'm sure, like aside from all the treatment, is probably a massive relief to a lot of these people, whether mm-hmm. they're in the initiative program or just clients, right? Exactly. And like, we have it. We have like coffee and everything there. We said, oh yeah, just grab coffee, <laughs> make yourselves at home, because that's what we want is for people to sit there, yeah. and they've all become their own community so you know one of them we post it i'll be like oh astrid rocked a 205 pound deadlift today and then all of them are you know proud of her and talking to her and supporting her or you know one of them posts oh i'm having a crappy day and they're like hey let's meet up and talk it's amazing so 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 that just reminded me of something that i saw is being started it started in montreal and now it's moving mm -hmm. to calgary it's called vent for tea have you heard of this no so it's it's a um it's a free service that uh, the company will hook you up um, with if you've got like shit going on in your life or you're just frustrated or pent up or something they will set you up with like uh, a counselor or someone to go vent to and you can either pick the coffee shop in time or they have got a list of suggestions and you get an hour with this person and don't have to pay anything you just buy your own drink and they as part of the service will just come listen to you I like that. Isn't that amazing? You know that? And it's amazing because the one thing that's really hard 
Um, it's active listening. There's no like, ad- no. There's no advice. There's no try doing this or counseling mm-hmm. on this. It's like no. Just be there. Ask ask mm-hmm. self reflective questions and and listen there. Yeah. Well, and I always it's funny to watch with that because a lot of people figure it out themselves just by getting a perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, it just it if they talk to you and you put it back to them and just mirror it back mm-hmm. to them. You're not giving them advice. You're just mirroring it back and you're going, okay, so it's that. And they mm-hmm. go, huh. And then they figure it out. Because it gets it out of your head. Who knows you better than yourself? Yeah. So it's sometimes you just need that person to mm-hmm. do the active listening and put it back. So that's really cool because counseling, I know it gets really pricey. I went into debt yeah. going to therapy. Yeah. <laughs> because they might say, oh, we're going to cover $60 of your session, but it's 160 or 70 whatever mm-hmm. it is now, for one hour mm-hmm. for a person to listen to you. Right. It's really hard. For a lot of people and for you know sure. there's so many people that could use it yeah i think way more than people realize they can like i think just because someone doesn't go or is never considered going they automatically assume that they don't need it but yeah. take a regular person and give them you know if they force them to go to a couple of free sessions i guarantee you mm-hmm. they would they would find value in it right because it yeah. teaches you about yourself it teaches you like you said perspective too right yeah and that's it maybe it's sometimes just changing your perspective because mm-hmm. you can be caught up you know, we all have it with our partners or our friends and they say something or do something and it explodes in our mind mm-hmm. and we let it get out of control. It's like a wildfire. It just burns everything down. And, you're like, <laughs> and then all of a sudden you have the therapist that goes, okay, but did you think of this? Mm-hmm. And you're like, huh? Shit. No. Yeah, damn. Uh, I, I better go home and uh, apologize. <laughs> Tail between you, the lines. Yeah, you're, you're like, shit. Yeah. But, you know, that's, that's what it helps do. And then when you start to give those tools, <clears throat> you're able to do that with yourself too. And that's, mm-hmm. Even in your yoga practice, I like that because when I talk and I'm teaching and, you know, guiding in yin yoga, I talk a lot about that. Well, you're just here and you're observing yourself. Mm-hmm. And when you can sometimes just stop before you react, analyze the situation a bit and be like, okay, is this actually what I think? Or let's go deeper. Why am I reacting the way that I'm reacting? What is that trigger that they hit? Mm-hmm. And then go underneath that. And then is it worth reacting or not? Right. And then you're usually cool enough that you can have a conversation and just say, hey, you know what, this but but mm-hmm. giving them those tools even. Yeah. Am I projecting too? So mm-hmm. often one thing's frustrating us and, and then we let other things bother us way more than they should, Oh my gosh, right? right? You're having a really <laughs> bad day. One person, you know, goes 20 kilometers in the speed limit and you lose yeah. your mind and you're taking it out on them and it's like, okay, <laughs> is it really ruining your life? That they I got road rage today. I got flipped Did off. You? Yeah. I was turning left and there's pedestrians crossing going like away from me and this lady was waiting to turn. You could tell she was getting agitated, but like I had enough room to like go behind the pedestrians before she was able to turn. And and so I go, but she sees me going and she juts out past the pedestrians, tries to cut me off. So I just like hit the horn a few times, not like laid on mm-hmm. it, but I'm just like, I didn't know she saw me. I'm like, look, I'm here, don't hit me. And then I like was <laughs> pulling over to drop someone off and she pulls up beside me and fingers me out of the window and mouths, fuck yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. And then she's going, pulling into a parkade on the left and almost cuts a pedestrian oh off. And the pedestrian's like, what are you doing? And she rolls down and starts screaming at the pedestrian. And this is the best part the pedestrian goes are you kidding me lady we work together you're acting like this <laughs> she worked in the same and building like, ah, one of those moments where you just 
<laughs> so I, I, I rolled down my window and I, I, I waved at the pedestrian. I was just like, she must be having a de- bad day. She just flipped mm-hmm. me off too. Maybe just give her some space. Well, and it's hard to be in that position too and not react. Yeah. I know I used to always get mad when I drove. And then I just started ch- listening to more calming music too when I drive. But, oh, okay. You know, and I'd now, fall asleep if I did Now that, a lot so. of the time when people like do something to cut me off, I actually was like, Hi. Okay, you're welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You know, it's like sending something from the universe to just test you for a moment. I'm like, yeah. oh, thank you. Exactly. And I think I was reading a book by Oprah, honestly, or something. Oprah's the... Oprah's the shit. She's the girl. Um, yeah. So, and she was... There's a book called What I Do Know. And I remember one time she kept saying that. She said, you know, when you want to get really mad and lash out, just say thank you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's weird. That's such but an interesting it's view It's really on weird, it. but so when you want to do it, and yeah. it's kind of like, thank you for this opportunity. Right to grow <laughs> well it's sort of like the silver lining and everything right mm-hmm. like i tried to do that last summer for a little bit i was like late to the gym someone i missed a light that was going to take like three minutes to turn and i'm like okay instead of getting mad i'm like this will just force me to have a more effective proficient workout because i have less yeah. time now yeah. like, that's good that's a good thing to learn well okay. they've even done studies on stress where if you can change your mindset about the stress mm-hmm. there was a ted talk on it mm-hmm. and because there's already good stress and bad stress you know yeah Proper exercises. De stress and you stress, stress. Right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh my God, you're the first person I've ever talked to who actually knew it. Oh, yeah, oh, psych. Ex- explain, explain <laughs> this to people because stress is in the middle line, right? Yes. And your reaction to stress is what's the exactly. mi- what, what the and your body's reaction. Are. So de stress is negative, right? Mm-hmm. You stress is good. It's positive. Yeah. That's what enables. That's like what athletes tap into mm-hmm. when when they perform at peak moments, yeah. right? It's like over time. It's stress, but it's not bad. That's no. amping you up. You're getting psyched. Exactly. For it, right. The distress is like. When you're stressing for a deadline or as students, we were studying mm-hmm. and we're like, oh my God, if I fail, my life is over. Mm-hmm. You know, distress. Um, and you stress we want. We want to do it. But then, mm-hmm. you know, even exercise can turn into distress. Yeah. When you start to run the body into the ground and break it down. Um, so, yeah, we want the you stress that's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they even said your mindset about it. So, if you say you had yourself in that tr- situation in traffic, and you go, oh man, and you start to tune in and be like, okay, my heart's racing, my blood's boiling, I'm stressed. Mm-hmm. And then you start to turn around and be like, hmm, so my body's actually in preparation too. Yeah. And you can say, it can do that. And then you change <laughs> it, change basically, I guess, the mindfulness about the stress. Yeah. And what you're like, I'm warmed feeling. up now, I'm ready for yeah, my workout, exactly. I'm already amped up. And they, they were showing that just making that mindset about mm-hmm. the stress changes the different levels in the body that they're measuring. Yeah. different stress hormones and stuff like that interesting really cool it's a good ted talk if you ever get to it um, i love ted talks right what it's such a simple tactic that one of my previous guests otno chai bay chi bay sorry oh do you know otno yeah, yeah yeah he told me he's like if you're ever feeling nervous or anxious and your heart rate's getting up because like you're about to do something that you're nervous for just replace nervous with excited or anxious i'm not exactly. i'm not anxious i'm excited yeah i'm, I'm happy about this and it's just exactly. such an interesting way to like reframe it in such yeah, a, he's a cool quick guy. moment. Oh, yeah. He's always got, every time he comes out different events or he's talking and we've met, we've been at the gym together a couple of times and mm-hmm. just like stop obviously, say hi. Yeah. And he's always got something new, something cool going on. His yeah. perspective is neat as well. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. So you want to add um, a psychologist to the yeah. repertoire. Is yeah. there anything else that you're looking to add? A naturopath one naturopath. day. Naturopath. Um, yeah, because we are looking, you know, we're going to be expanding over the next two years and we'll be going into a bigger location. Mm-hmm. And my goal always has been to have as many practitioners available mm-hmm. to people that come in, especially, so, you know, they, whatever you need, kind whatever of. you need, yeah. we have it. And there's a team. So, you know, even if we do have somebody that comes in with a chronic illness, we can say, hey, 
We have a naturopathic doctor who's going to work and maybe they would be guiding the treatment then towards the team mm-hmm. and pairing them up with the appropriate management. Such, such a like si- like such a simplistic idea. Right? And it's like, how has this not been a thing before? No. And, and what makes us different, I mean, there's lots of buildings that have multiple health practitioners in it. Mm-hmm. But they don't work together. But they don't work together. Right. And our team is young. We have a very young team. I mean... I just actually brought on a couple of people that are younger. Our average age was about 30, mm-hmm. and now it's been brought down yeah. <laughs> by our acupuncture, Dana and Megan, who we just brought on as a trainer. They're in 22, 23, somewhere okay. around there. Yeah. Um, and some people would look at that as a weakness, but a lot of people would look at that as a strength. And that's what we see it as. You've got the most, you've got the most updated training, mm-hmm. and, and you're not stuck in your ways, right? Oh, that's exactly it. When we see it and we get new practitioners, and you know they come and see us, we go, well, do you want people who are more experienced and we're like no they have bad oh. habits yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> you know? but we say but we can they can come into this practice and fit in and it can be molded into the value set that we have mm-hmm. so we love having young people because you're ambitious um plus i don't have to worry about anyone retiring anytime soon <laughs> so you yeah. know we want this team to stick together for years and years and years mm-hmm. um you know we don't want this to end and we just want it to keep growing with more um young ambitious practitioners yeah and i mean if we can have those extra modalities added into it i mean what case could we not solve yeah right exactly. if that's where we want to be is we can just handle anything that comes towards us so right. that's the that's the biggest goal um, have those I think were the next biggest two that I'd like to fit in somewhere mm-hmm. but I guess we'll see time yeah. will tell and as yeah. our space grows that's going to be a big help as well and, and then how do you this is something I just found out from the event last night but like for instance chiropractic is not just for preventative or it's not just rehabilitative but it can be very beneficial for mm-hmm. preventative as well so all these all these therapies in conjunction with one another aren't necessarily for people who are injured or have acute problems mm-hmm. they could be for the healthy person already what's the most what's the biggest challenge in getting that message Ugh, out to people right? right i think that is the biggest because i mean once a month every first thursday of the month we have an education night okay and that is the reason we do them is because it's prevention a lot of people Humans are very reactive. Mm-hmm. A lot of us are reactive. And we go, okay, well, you know, I'm going to continue to eat these cheeseburgers until I have a heart attack. Yeah. Well, Haven't died yet. maybe not. Yeah. You know, so that's exactly what we try and do. And that's the frustrating part is people come in and you go, oh, well, you should see the chiropractor. And they go, oh, I, my back's fine. And I'm like, yeah, but it's just maintenance to help. Or the other myth is once I see a chiropractor, I mm-hmm. always have to go. Right. I've heard that one too. Oh, you hear it all the time. Yeah. And of course, in every modality you get to, there's some practitioners that are going to give it a bad rap. Mm-hmm. They may not be the best. And that's in every field. We're not always going to have the best doctors. We're not going to have the best teachers, whatever it is. Um, but that's one we get all the time. I'm like, no, you just your body learns what it feels like to be in proper alignment. <laughs> um, but that is a challenge, is getting people to understand that idea of prevention, saying, well, no, you just want to keep your body. I said, you only get one body. Mm-hmm. And that's how I say to people, I'm like, if you wreck this one, it's not another car you can go buy. Mm -hmm. You wreck it, it's done. So, you know, you want to take care of this one. You know, I said, do you get oil changes in your vehicle? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, oh, good. Do you clean your vehicle? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you want your vehicle to look nice? Great. So you should work out so you look nice. Mm -hmm. Put the proper fuel in with the food and, you know, clean it up. Get the little maintenance things done. Get into the nooks and crannies. Do your chiro. Do your acupuncture and the massage because even massage... Um, you know Anna, our yeah. massage therapist. Thanks for the intro, Anna. <laughs> yeah, Appreciate thanks, Anna. <laughs> and 
people go, oh, massage is a privilege, though. It's okay, a luxury. That's, like, that's in my mind. And like, I'm like, no, yeah. no. Like, we, some of us beat the shit out of our bodies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you even have athletes and stuff. They have team therapists constantly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's taking care of it. Right. You know, if you have muscle tension and everything all the time, I mean, that's going to lead down the road to having a sore body when you're older. Mm-hmm. So most people have benefits. Yeah. I'm like, use them. Right. Um, you know, I talk with companies. There's a company I work, um, their trainer for, and he's like, you know, 70% of my staff didn't use their benefits last year. And me as a business owner not having benefits, it drives me insane because right. I love them. Yeah. But, you know, that's the biggest thing. Or they go, well, how is acupuncture going to help me? How is Cairo going to help me? And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I mean, do you sleep perfectly? Do you ever get a headache? You know, there's so many little things that people, we have these myths and these ideas about all of this. Even my, my grandma would always be the one. I just got her into massages this year. Yeah, good for grandma. Oh, finally. She's 75. <laughs> so I'm, like, I'm, I'm sorry if I said that it's the wrong age, grandma. But um, Chances are she's not on podcast. <laughs> right? <laughs> but you could God. get her on this. This could be the no, start. No, it's gone. So, you know, but that's that's the idea. Like, the same myth, same one that people have with Cairo. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just to fix things. I mean, we have it. Brett, for example, um, he adjusts babies for free. Jesus, and you people do go, chiropractic on babies? And that's exactly, people go, well, why would my baby need to be adjusted? I'm like, okay, let's think of the birthing process. That big thing came out of, <laughs> what? Yeah, <laughs> you know? a less and big thing. A less big thing, it got squished. And so birth can be traumatic. You know, he's had it where, you know, even I think it was his own son, He his head was only turning one way. He adjusted him when he was not even an hour old. Wow. And then his head was turning. Or we have babies, my cousin brought her baby in, and she's like, he will not sleep. He's driving me crazy. Yeah. And we're like, well, you got to think chiropractic is beyond. It's working on your nervous system. Your nervous system controls your entire body. Mm-hmm. So she brought her baby and she wasn't sleeping. He had an adjustment. He slept in the car. Yeah. So that's why he, he does it for free because he said it's so important for us to start with them at an early age and start doing this care right. for prevention. Or, you know, we have moms that they said, oh, our baby's really close to walking. But they're like, she's just doing this weird thing with her leg. <laughs> And we know that she's close, but can you check her out? Yeah. He adjusts her, she walked that night. Interesting. So, you wow. know, it's just those little kinks and things that we work with. And yeah. that's, it's how you look at the body. And I mean, I will say he's a very different approach than any, I've gone, he's my fourth chiropractor. Mm-hmm. And he takes a different approach than any chiropractor I've been to. Right. Um, he's very thorough. He takes a lot more time with his clients. And, um, but yeah, it's just neat and to watch that because some, some practices really do they say, oh, I only adjust the spine. Yeah. And they do one. That's it. Right. Whereas he has different techniques, different tools, and he's like wrists, shoulders, ankles, knees, hips. The human body's complex, so like I can understand why a certain doctor might just be like, no, nah, I'm just going to focus on right? one aspect because mm-hmm. like, man, there's a lot that can go wrong, right? But then you never know where that problem is. And like when we are working together on cases, that's what we're always trying to do is, well, mm-hmm. what's causing this? Yeah. How and can we, with that. our multi, multidisciplinary mm-hmm. approach, determine like maybe there's mm-hmm. a deeper underlying thing that's causing us to all have to attack this problem? Exactly. Well, we um, had an interesting case come across yesterday. Somebody has hyperacusis. What's that? Um, it's basically when every the sounds are just it's an oversensitive. It's too sensitive, sensitized. Yeah. Desensitized. No, it's oversensitive. There we go. Hypersensitized. Yeah, oversensitive. We sound so smart right now. Um, So basically, I mean, white noise can sound like a jet engine going off. And so that's not very pleasant. Mm -hmm. And But she hasn't had it forever. So as soon as we sat there, we're like, okay, well, what caused that to start? Mm -hmm. 
And that's where, I mean, immediately I got it and I texted Brett and I'm like, hey, have you ever worked on any case like this? He's like, yes, I have. This is what, and I talked to Steph and I said, hey, there's something going on. She has a history of this. So there's something neurological. Let's try and fix that. And now, so she's coming in tonight. Yeah. And she's sitting down with our team. That's exciting. I know. It's like a challenge, right? But that's what it is. You guys are like the doctors from House. Right? It is. Put it together. (laughs) That's one of my favorite shows. So you have to determine like whether it's it's a malfunction of the hearing mechanism, or if it's the interpretation of the brain, or if it's even like a a cognitive process of being able to isolate the problem, the sounds that don't matter, Mm -hmm. right? And turn the volume down because their brain can adjust that spotlight. Exactly. So that's all we're gonna be doing is sitting here and we're like hey we got to figure out the root and change what caused it yeah and so i love what That's we so do cool. because That's i get amazing. to work and i learn so much yeah. my team and the one thing i have to you know say i love about them is they're very humble mm-hmm. so when they sit and brett will go you know what i'm not so sure about this why don't you go talk to Alyssa or go talk to steph they can give you a better answer than mm-hmm. I can. And it's good. It takes the pressure off of having to give an answer, right? Mm-hmm. Like a singular doctor, I can imagine, would be in a scenario where, like, shit, like if I don't, this pressure, if I don't know, mm-hmm. like this person doesn't have another option right there, right? Yeah. And having the ability to say, I don't know, mm-hmm. because we don't know everything. Yeah. And I don't, I've never met anyone who does. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, having that, but when you can put, you know, however many brilliant minds together, usually you can figure a lot of things out. And I think that's a piece that, that's missing with a lot of places is their approach. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, it's neat. You can have all these different things in a building, but if it's not working together, yeah. then it doesn't, it's useless. Well, that's so. really cool. I mm-hmm. think um, you guys are doing tremendous stuff. Um, and where can people go to find out more about this? Um, they can visit our website, fourpointshealth.com. Mm-hmm. For the number the four. The number four. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. It's not spelled out. It's the number four, points, plural, yeah. health.com. Yeah. And so we have that. We're on Facebook. We're always posting videos mm-hmm. on Facebook. And then if you ever want to stop by, we're just on 124th Street, mm-hmm. 112th Ave. And we always say first class is free, so you can come by and introduce yourself no matter what. And awesome. we have fun classes. So, yeah. Yeah. so, and when people show up for the first time, like, I guess you probably got to encourage people come no matter what, like not just if you've got a problem. Oh, just yeah. Just come get checked out. Do you guys do like a, a free assessment up front or like how, how does that, what's when the process we, work for a new client? Well, when we meet people, because a lot of people just come, say they come just for a class. Yeah. Well, then all of a sudden they're in the class and they go, oh, no, I can't because I hurt my shoulder, so I can't do that. And I'm like, okay, yeah. well. We got you covered. Yeah. You know, so people that come in, maybe they just came because they needed an adjustment or they wanted a massage. So some people just come with that. Other people, like the one that called me yesterday with hyperacusis, she goes, here's my issue. Fix me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so we get some people that just go, I have no idea. I need to get healthy. Help me out. And right. we go, okay, we got it. Um, other people, yeah, they just come for fitness or massage or anything. And then slowly but surely they fit in in other areas as well right. so but whenever somebody comes and they just have an inquiry like they call and they say hey i've had a head injury i don't know what to do we go well come sit down with us talk if we can help you we'll help you if we can't we'll try and push you point you in the right direction right but it's not going to cost you any money yeah. just come and talk yeah. because there's a lot of basic go well your initial consult well, to yes. talk with us and then we go and we can't help you thank you for the money yeah that's not how we were mm-hmm. no that's amazing. Yeah. yeah because I, I know that's that's such a barrier to a lot of people is obviously the money, the, the scarcity, you know, being afraid of the commitment. Mm-hmm. And, and you nailed it earlier, too, with what you said. And that resonates a lot with me is like we feel undeserving of it. Right. Like yeah. we're our own harshest critics. We know, you know, 
we know the depths of depravity of our own mind. We know all our deepest, darkest secrets. So subconsciously, we kind of have this like undeserving feeling. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really hard to, that's really hard to overcome. They say um, that you're more likely, if you go to a doctor to get a prescription, or you go to a veterinarian to get your animal a prescription, you're more likely, if you live in the States, to give the prescription to your animal than to take it yourself. Oh, for, I would totally do that. Yeah. So <laughs> I love the, dogs. Yeah, but exactly. <laughs> but so, you do. So the theory is mm -hmm. to treat yourself as if you're someone you're responsible for. Mm -hmm. Because we oh, don't. Yeah. And it's such a simple thing, but we think about it, we're like, we, we get used to a certain level of pain, or we're just like, ah, it'll fix itself, or, you know, I'm too busy. It's like... You've only got yeah. one body, like you said. Well, and that's where, again, that self-love starts to come in, mm -hmm. where even when, for me, I always used to put myself last. <clears throat> and like, okay, oh, sure, you, you need someone in your cup? Yeah, let me just empty everything from mine and yeah. fill, you know, and then I wasn't putting filling my own cup up. But mm -hmm. then that made me, how am I supposed to help other people Useless, then? Useless, right? Uh, it, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, that's when you start to learn that boundaries is love. <laughs> Discipline <laughs> is love. It's love. Discipline equals and, freedom. Yeah, you have to start doing that because... Yeah. Yeah. You only get one body, and everyone deserves to be healthy. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, that's the one of the things when people say, "Well, I'm just in pain; it can't go away." I said, "Nobody deserves to live in pain." Yeah. And I'm like, "And there's something that can be done to help with it." I don't know what it is. Like, we'll figure it out. Yeah. But there's a lot of people that go, "Oh, well, it's just not so bad." Well, your quality of life does matter. Yeah. It and could get worse. Might get better, but it could get worse. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's always what's going to give you the best life possible. Mm -hmm. And that's why our vision is wellness inside and out, empowering you to wellness inside and out. Yeah. Right? So. Well, it's amazing. Alyssa, thank you so much. Thank you. Really, really appreciate it. This was uh, a pleasant, uh, a pleasant time. I appreciate yeah. it. No, for sure. You'll have to come by sometime. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, awesome. All right. See ya. Thank you. As always, guys, thank you so much for listening. Go check out all of Alyssa's stuff. Four Points Health and Wellness. That's four, like the number four. Uh, check out the progress of the Lifestyles Initiative participants. And if you've got any issues, even if you don't, go check them out. Get fixed up. See you next week.